Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. What did they say to you? Ah, some threatening stuff to my life. So, you know, um, I was this close to really going back and, like, diving all the way in, but kind of just went back and told the official. And when I told the official what he said, he's like, oh, he got to get out of here. And he got to get out of here. Do you, do you like that, I guess, you know, I know you got fined a couple weeks ago when you said something to the fan. Do you like that that's kind of an option to you, I guess? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't necessarily say that it, that hasn't been an option. That's kind of been an option. But I think, you know, there are times where you're just in the moment, you know, and, and you respond. And so, uh, you know, that's been an option. That that wasn't like, oh, I just found out that was an option once I got fined. Like, that's been there. Uh, the league has made that clear to us for years that that's been there. But like I said, we're all human beings, and there are times where you just respond, you know, and um, try to learn from the mistakes. But, you know, like I said, there's still the human side, the human element to it. That, you know, sometimes you're just going to respond, and that's just it. Vinny Goodwill is here. What's up, Vinny? Good to see you, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good, Michael Holly. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, and I am in that space, Vinny. I don't know about you. I'm in that space where I understand where Draymond Green is coming from. Sometimes, you know, Draymond says some things like, I don't know about that. Or he does some things uh, like with Jordan Poole earlier this year. I said, I don't know about that. Draymond, uh, I, I wouldn't have taken that option, even though sometimes you just respond. You can take that a lot of ways, but you know, Vinny, I, I, I feel like maybe for from where we sit, it's an unusual position because uh, I'll tell you about one of the arguments. One of the arguments I had years ago, I never forgot it. Okay, because uh, uh, I had to really explain to somebody, and people don't really, a lot of people really don't understand what it is that we do. I'm not saying it is. Oh, it is so inexplicable. No man, no woman can explain what it means to be a, a sports journalist working in the sports industry. But a lot of people don't get it that it's a job. It is a job. Mm -hmm. So I remember a, a guy saying to me a while ago, Hey, you know, you go to the you go to the arena all the time. You go to the stadium all the time. Uh, when's the last time you paid to go to the stadium? And I said, hey, man, when's the last time you paid to go to work? It's a job, man. Like, yeah, we've seen some of the job. greatest athletes in the world. We've seen some of the greatest athletes in the world. But it's not like we're sitting there with our Pistons, Celtics jerseys on, hats turned around, and cheering. And then after the game, oh, I guess I better go into the locker room. No, you can't do that. This is a, a, a profession. If you go do it the right way, there's some people who do that, and shame on them. But yes, it is. People who are trying to, yeah, but people who are trying to do it the right way are, are are really invested in it. But the point is, we have maybe gotten to the point. Some of us in sports journalism gotten to the point of, of 
forgetting what it's like to go to an arena and to sit around a bunch of people who ain't thinking about what the lead is, what kind of question they're going to ask. They're just sitting there. They're drinking. Uh, they're having a good time. And if somebody takes it too far, and I think that's where we are right now. It's not just the NBA. It's everywhere. It, you, you get a crowd of people together, Vinny. And, and 95% of right, right. 95% of them are having a good time. They're having a good time. Like you have people around, uh, you know, talking a little bit of trash, but, but, but in a good spirit, but talking trash. Then somebody mm-hmm. comes in like, whoa, what? What'd you just say? <laughs> Where's that coming from? So I'm sure there are people uh, in Milwaukee last night going to Draymond. Hey, Draymond, you can't shoot. Oh, Draymond, you lucky. Steph is on your team. And then somebody's somebody, like, I will drink your blood and take your family. Yo, yo, yo man. <laughs> we were just talking about different. basketball. A little different. What little the hell? Different. Here, here's the other part but, of it. Here's the other part of it. Milwaukee is the hometown of Jordan Poole. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, okay. That's a twist. That's a twist. I wonder if if that kind of set the atmosphere for it. But I, I don't know. You tell me. I, my position is this sounds very defeatist. My position is that there is no law, no amendment, no legislation, uh, no tweet, no rule that the NBA or anybody else can do, can implement that will change this situation. This is about the human condition. This is all this is always going to happen. It's just a matter of what the NBA is going to do. You got to think ahead. All right, when it happens, not if, when it happens, how will we respond as a league? Is that too defeated? Am, well, I, being, am I being too negative on that? No, you are looking at the Twitter world that we operate in. We operate in a world of tweets. And all of a sudden, you can, before, you could yell from a reasonable distance, right? And nobody would see you. You could yell at your favorite athlete or your most hated athlete and say whatever you had to say with with a comfortable distance. Then Twitter came. And then you could actually at the person. And there's a chance that they might see it. Most times they don't, but there's a chance they could see it. So then you do that and other people see it. And they jump on and say, yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, whatever, mob mentality, right? There's no greater mob than a mob inside of a sports arena where it is 20,000 people ganging up against 15 and four or five coaches or in the NBA now, 15 coaches. Now, I was you know what I mean? <laughs> you, got, you need that second and third row for the coaches now, right? So, like, yeah. Who's so, that? Oh, so, coach. So no greater, no, no greater incentive, no greater accelerant, right? No greater alcohol than to be gassed up by everybody around you and to feel like you can say whatever the hell you want to say. The NBA's biggest advantage is selling proximity, right? Proximity to the players, proximity to the event, proximity to the entire league as a whole. They're, they're, they're not in the ivory tower like the NFL and they're not so far away like Major League Baseball that, you know, baseball doesn't understand exactly what's going on. They're stuck in 1955. So that is part of the give and take. Like, I or will give earlier. you – That's true, earlier than that. Yeah, 1955, I'm, I might yeah. be I might be 
that might be a little too uh, progressive for Major League Baseball. We can go into story. We can go into story time with Vinny. You want to go into story time with Let's Vinny? Let's do it. Oh, oh, hey, listen. You know what? Hey, hey. I love story time with Vinny. Come on now. Uh, I got a little something to sip on here. Here we go. You got something to sip on? Let's uh, product placement. Ha. There we go. Anyway, there we it. go. Let's go. This is this is this is not the love doctor, right? You know, normally the love doctor gives great advice and about bad wedding songs and how you relationship conduct. This is not that. This okay. was All this right. was Vinny. This was Vinny in Memphis in 2010. My first year on the Pistons beat. I'm still 25 years old, wet behind the mm. ears, barely had a mustache, about 20 pounds of lighter, maybe a little bit mm. more, mm. right? Mm. All right, listen. So there's this fan. You were underweight. You were underweight then. You were underweight. That's that's the only problem. Yeah, it was it was more pounds, but you hadn't eaten enough, Vinny. You hadn't eaten enough. No, that's it was all. no genetic genetics hadn't kicked in. That's all. That's all that was. Those genetics okay. hadn't kicked in. So, me as a Pistons writer for Detroit News, we used to sit courtside at games. Now we don't sit courtside as much. They they've sold those seats, right? So we're sitting courtside, right. damn straight. So. There's a fan, Michael, and he had on overalls and nothing else. Just okay. overalls. Okay? Mm-hmm. okay? Just some dingy, denim, nasty-ass overalls, okay? He's heckling the Pistons. It's second quarter of the game. He's heckling the Pistons. You suck, you suck, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, yeah, okay, this guy's a little extra. It wasn't a full house. It wasn't the, the grind house that you see now in Memphis. It was, you know, just a dude, right? And once, and this is, I almost lost my job because of this. I came close to, you know, being ready to lose my job, rather. He goes from calling the Pistons players, you know, you suck and everything else, Michael Holly, and then he said the magic word. He called one of the players boy. Okay. And something triggered inside yeah. of 25-year-old me. I here we turned go. around. I looked at the guy. I said, and now this guy is, you know, big dude in overalls, right? Every overall. stereotypical, yes, overalls and nothing else. In Memphis. In Memphis. Okay. In Memphis. He was more Tennessee than First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, um, how did he get into the game? Don't they have those like and if you go in the store, no shirts, no shoes, no service? <laughs> like how you like you just say anybody in the game, you're like, hey, you got anything else? I, I know we usually don't let bags in the in the arena, but do you have a bag with your shirt in there? You got any drawers on? I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, he had he had like, on overall, so technically he was covered, right? Uh, oh, I guess I guess so. And in the funk, so, the funk are just out exposed. Okay, anyway, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just getting distracted. He, he 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 looked like Pigpen with overalls, right? Yeah, I bet so, he did. So so I turned around to the guy, and he probably had me at that point by a good a hundred pounds, at least, right? He was a big dude, but me and my you know my hood my hood spidey senses. I turned around to the guy and I said, "Not another word." Hmm. And he actually sat from press, down. Oh, from, from press, press row. row. From press row. From press row. Like I had like like the word boy just triggered me. And it wasn't me trying to defend players or anything like that. It was literally me just being triggered. 
And thank goodness for the writer next to me, Vince Ellis, for the Detroit Free Press at the time. He literally grabbed my shoulder and said, don't do it. And that's what I just said. Not another word. So, yeah, we know that fans jump way out of pocket. This is before Twitter. This is just a dude who's drunk in some damn overalls. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So he didn't say anything else. Nothing else. Nothing. See, nothing else. And, and now that's now that is see the, the my favorite part about that story. I love I love all the imagery. It's like a short film. I can see it all. The guy in the overalls got the whole thing. I can see him. I can see young <laughs> Vinny Goodwill, young underweight Vinny Goodwill for the Detroit News, uh, uh, working for something called a newspaper. You see, boys and girls, there's something called a newspaper. What you know in a newspaper. Never mind. Another day. Another day. Uh, long, long time ago. Long, you, long time ago. Long, yeah, time long, ago. long time ago. There's something called long the fold and the story story placement above the fold is a big thing. Yeah. And then A1 mm-hmm. and then B1 and C1. Anyway, um, but I can see the whole thing. But my favorite part of the story is that the guy stopped because most of the time they won't. I don't know. Maybe he didn't understand that yeah, you really had no authority to stop him. Maybe he thought you were working for a team. You're there with a the laptop and all that stuff. But I, I think a lot of people won't stop now because as Draymond said, he continued to say, hey, what do they, what do they get out of it? They get a rise out of it. Okay, get kicked out of a, an arena. And it's a, it's a big thing now. And arenas and stadiums, they say this. And do they follow up? We don't check. We're not doing, doing our job. We're not following up. We say, this person has been banned. Banned. Forever. They've been banned forever, forever from Ford Field. They've been forever, banned ever, forever from ever, ever. Yeah, ever, ever. The Boston Guard me from will you can not, ban me from Ford Field. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that was coming when I said it. Um, but are we following up? How, how do you ban a fan? Lifetime. How do you do that? Is it you have facial recognition software? When they come up. What if they have on? If they usually the guy with overalls be like, no, I'm gonna change my game up. I'm not wearing those overalls anymore. Now I'm gonna go button down. Uh, I'm gonna change up my beard a little bit, and I'm gonna go in there. Look, look then, they don't have pictures. They don't have pictures. They don't have pictures of nobody waiting me. at the entrance for this. Yeah, and then you can turn around. You can't profile me. I go to the stadium. Let's say I finally, finally have a day off. Oh, I'm not complaining. But let's say I finally have a day off, Vinny. Finally have a day off. I say, you know, I'm gonna use my day off. You I'm had go one to last week. Okay. All right. Stop counting. Now stop counting my off days. Now I don't count yours. Let's count my off days here. Uh, and I go to the stadium and they're like, no, no, you were the one who uh, who was cussing somebody out. Like, no, it wasn't. I may look like that person. Like, you can't do it. So Draymond is absolutely right. Fan gets their get your attention because that's what they're trying to do when they at you. That's what they're mm-hmm. trying to do when they sit in courtside. And, and some people take it too far. They feel like their whole mission of coming to the game is just to get that, just to have somebody glare at them or cuss them out. And you sitting there as a fan, you don't want all this. I'm just, I came, I don't know. I just came to watch the Warriors and the Bucks. I think that's more entertaining than listening to you. I never heard of you. Your materials, eh. Your materials, eh. I don't want to hear it for the whole game. Maybe a line or two. And so it's more it's more problematic for NBA players 
because they do get a fine when they respond. There is something coming from the league because the league, this progressive league that we think is, we always give them credit. The league is stuck in 1955, Vinny, to go back to your baseball example. The league is stuck because they're going with the customers always right. Mm. Well, we can't, we can't do this. It's not good for business. Well, I'll tell you what's not good for business is to have somebody in your crowds, several persons in your crowds across North America doing this kind of stuff. It really ruins the fan experience. I think I, I think you should let allow players to respond within reason. Now, if you if, if, if a player is really getting out of pocket and just kind of dives in on a fan. Yeah, but I think it should be case by case. But most of the time automatically if you go at a fan, you cuss them out. You're going to get a fine. And I, I think it's the advantage. The advantage goes to the person who tried to start it in the first place. I don't you know trip too much on players replying. I really don't. I don't care. Look, there's a phrase. I believe it was in the Jay-Z lyric. Don't bark up that tree. That tree will fall on you. Mm. In my professional life, I have definitely lived that way on Twitter. If someone has barked up my tree, I, I reply in kind. I don't do it as much. I have to be more professional right. in my older age. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It, it, but, it, it's not, but, it's not, it's not, it's not always that. worth it. But you don't, but you don't, you don't, you don't find, I don't, I don't think you find the players. Like, they, remember LeBron was getting heckled last year in, in Indianapolis yeah. and someone said something about, you know, maybe assaulting his son or something like that. And, Le, and LeBron went and yeah. pointed him out and got him up out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Get that dude up out of there. I've been also been in, in situations where I've seen fans I've heckle seen, a player and it was court. funny. Yeah. 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 I've seen situations where fans, heckled a player and it was funny or fans heckled a player and the player thought it was funny. There was once post post malice at the palace. Steven Jackson was playing for the Milwaukee Bucks and a fan decided to make a couple of cracks about the malice at the palace with Steven Jackson during the stoppage and play. And you know what Steven Jackson did like the rest of everybody else on press row. He laughed. Because whatever was said was actually really funny. It was. It was was freaking hilarious. Okay, well, listen. I'm good with that. Okay, that's fun. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, uh, ultimately, it's going to get to the point where... no. Threats, no. You can't have that. Yeah, yeah. Threats. Threats. And I wonder what the the NBA will say. I know the NBA will say something, but um, we'll see. We'll see if it will be anything larger. Or if it's just well, you hey, can well you can well you can see off. it well you can see it on the TNT overtime app. I'm sure the NBA won't have it up anymore, but in real time you could see Draymond Green turning to him during a spot stoppage and play and saying, "You're giving me a pass. Give me a pass for what? Giving me a pass for what?" And I'm like, "What is he talking about?" And then a few minutes later, the fan is throwing on that he answers and then he answers the question in the media. So whatever the guy said says something about. Maybe he said something along the lines of, if I could piece it together, said something about threatening his life, but said, but I'm going to give you a pass. And then wow. my response, that give you a pass for what? And yeah. that's how a guy like that gets ejected. Why would you pay all that money to get ejected? That's my problem. Like, you paying three, three, four it's grand for some courtside seats? No, nah, I probably didn't pay for them. 
probably didn't pay for them or, or got some hookup or whatever or money to burn. I don't know what it is. But hey, people are people are, are, are turned on by all sorts of things. Now, uh, as the music comes on, I'm just going to tell you this. Speaking of past, you think I'm just going to let it pass. That you sitting here wearing Detroit Lions blue today. This is not Detroit Lions blue. Yes, it is. That is Detroit Lions blue. The Lions blue is a dull blue. This blue is popping. This is Penny Hardaway blue. Get your no, blues no, no, correct. You, you, try, you just try to make you make that recognize up. the shoes. Recognize Lions. the shoes behind me. Penny Hardaway blue. I see it. Okay. Six. They're six and seven. They're on the rise. They're ascending. The Detroit Lions. If they make the playoffs after a one and six start, they'll be the first team in fifty-two years to do that. Why do I know that? Because the last team to do it. Happened the year I was born. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, listen, you gotta take you gotta take the little progress when it comes. Vinny, your Detroit Lions are about to do something that hasn't. That ha- yes, it's progress. Had my been Detroit done Lions in over fifty years. If they waiting on yes, me, I'm a deadbeat dad. They waiting wait for you. Them. Yes, come on home. You're the prodigal son. Come on home. Come home. Not never. We're waiting for you. But I wonder what this means to the city of Detroit. I just got a text from uh, Detroit's own Vincent Goodwill, who says the Lions stink. Period. So, you know what? Some people just don't know how to be happy. Is that, is that right, Vinny? You don't know how to be happy. Is that fair? What's to be happy about? <laughs> what? Okay, said said every unhappy person. What's there to be? What's there to be happy about? Come on, Vinny. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You would. You go up and miss two free throws in a big game like that, and then you come to the locker room and the guys laughing and joking. You'd be questioning the type of teammates you got. So I know I know who I'm I know who I'm rocking with every single night. So um, I'm, all, I'm absolutely okay with the way he's feeling. couple days hopefully he leave it here today if not take the car ride home but try not to take it in the house but you know, if it's one guy on his ball club that I love going up to the free throw line in the clutch is AD he's been on the other side a lot more times in our um, four years together uh, about closing out games at the free throw line than on the other side so not worried about it one bit All right, uh, LeBron James last night. Really strange game, Vinny. I was watching our guy Chris Haynes at the end uh, doing the interviewing uh, on TNT. Shout out, Chris Haynes. I see you getting a compliment uh, for his uh, for his fantastic uh, post game skills. But he had a lot to sum up there. And he wound up talking to Jason Tatum after the game. At one point uh, in the fourth quarter, I thought he was going to talk to either LeBron James or Anthony Davis after the game because the Lakers were down 20, Vinny. 
Mm-hmm. Then they they made a comeback. The Celtics were down 13 with five minutes to go. Then they make a comeback. They get they force it to overtime after Anthony Davis missed two free throws that would have put them up by four with about 28 seconds left. And then the Celtics pulled away and won in overtime over the Lakers. So um, if you look at this game last night, there, there are a few things to pull away from it. What, what, what are a couple of things that stand out to you from this Lakers-Celtics matchup, which is always <laughs> regular season or, or postseason. Lakers fans and Celtics fans, they both take it too far because it means no matter how good the teams are, this is a game that means something to them, to both sides, regardless. So what do you take away? The objective observer, what do you take away from this? Well, for the Celtics, it's an interesting thing, but, and and, and I guess I, we can flesh that out later, right? The Celtics thing is this. Joe Mazzulla trusts his players so friggin' much that maybe they've learned how to play through some of those ridiculous runs that another team will throw on you that you're not tripping on it, right? Because when the Lakers went from being down double digits to being up, you know, 13 or whatever it was, my man Joe was just sitting there chilling, right? He's like, y'all will figure it out. I'm surprised he didn't call a timeout. But the Lakers to me, it seems like it. It seems. You you think it's inactivity? You think that's inactivity? He was like, hey, we're we, we, we in Los Angeles. Hey, man, there's a game going on. Wow. Time out. No, I, I, Time out. I, I think 20. I think I think there's a level of him maybe realizing, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but there's a bigger picture here. Sometimes the coach won't be able to save you, and you're going to have to figure some things out on your own. Like the whole Phil Jackson thing. I don't, I don't think he's necessarily taking it that far, but I do think he wonders if his players can experience some adversity, especially considering how they turn the ball over. Like, it looked like the NBA Finals where Tatum and Brown couldn't get shots up because they were throwing the ball all over the place. And then you just look up and boom, they figured it out, right? But that's not the interesting thing from last night because I don't think the Celtics are making the Finals anyway. The interesting thing from last night, mm. What? Well, yeah, I said Noted. it. I mean, I'm going to come back Note to that. that. Go ahead, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. For the Lakers... There is a formula, right? There is a formula for them to win and be competitive. You got to be hellacious at times on defense. LeBron and AD have to make shots. But the problem lies is that neither one of those guys, LeBron or Anthony Davis, can sustain the effort for 48 minutes. Anthony Davis was good until he wasn't. And it wasn't that he was bad. It was that his his battery literally ran out. And it's and it's not, I'm not that's not be bagging on conditioning or anything like that. He's a big dude. And he's asked to cover a lot of ground defensively. He's been asked to do so much over the past two weeks. But when you look at some of the Lakers struggles late in games, it's almost like the battery just goes out. And when it goes out, you don't get a second win or third win. I think that's the case for most big men. Most big men can't get their second win as quick as maybe guards can. So if you've been relying on Anthony Davis all game and all of a sudden he's got nothing left, what do the Lakers have? Because LeBron, late in games, as a function of age, experience, or whatever, he does not go to the basket anymore. He does not want to get fouled. He will stand back there and jack up threes, which he's become just good enough at 
to make him feel like it's a viable option, right? If he were a bad shooter, he could rationalize going to the rim. But because he's been a just good enough shooter, and he hit a couple threes last night, he can say, you know what? I'm going to sit back here and kick it as opposed to going to the lane, going to the line, where I'm about a 65 66% free throw shooter. So if your two best players have big-time wards late in games, you have problems. Yeah, and and I I think, uh, you know, back to your point about Anthony Davis and the batteries being out, and I know Darvin Ham said that after the game. Hey, I got to do a better job of strategically getting these guys rest. Uh, you know, he was a little winded. I mean, missing two free throws there because you make one, you make one. That's legs, right. but missing, but missing right, free throws yeah. is just legs. Is his legs or nerves? And I don't think he's scared. I just think it was legs. Not scared. Yeah, and those guys. So they they got two, and we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, we'll talk about the rankings. At least one publication uh, attempted to rank the league, the top 100 players in the league recently. And according to this publication, we'll see the list in a second. According to this publication. The Lakers have the have two of the top 10 to 12 players in the league. So two mm. top 12 players in the NBA. Okay. So if you got two top 12. If you got two top 12 players in the NBA, you have you have convinced Russell Westbrook to come off the bench and you haven't lost him. As a matter of fact, he's very he's just as engaged as he was uh, when he was starting, but more effective. <laughs> Okay, because sometimes mm-hmm. his engagement yeah. was yeah. too much engagement. But uh, as a guy off the bench, I thought he played well last night. Played looked like uh, he was going to lead them in overtime. Scored the first uh, four points in overtime. Did well. That's not enough, though. It, it, it's just not enough. Uh, what they have, their formula, is just not enough to to make them contenders. They need something else. Whereas the Celtics. I mean, you look at them uh, before this Lakers game. How about the Warriors really exposed exposed them? The the Warriors know how to play the Celtics. They don't mm-hmm. hear them. They still take. They still have that big brother thing. Like your mm-hmm. big brother just knows stuff, just knows nuances, and has some wisdom that you'll eventually get. But Big Brother ain't about to share with you right now because Big Brother is holding on to I got an advantage over you. And when you get to my level, okay, then we'll have that conversation. But you're not yet. You're not there yet. So I'm going to take advantage of you. Say, look, they didn't look great against the Warriors. They look lost against the Clippers. They needed this game. They needed to win this one to, to to end their road trip. But it's interesting to see them now figure things out and to do it behind a guy who who told Chris Haynes, after the game, he said, when I step on the floor, I'm not going a charade on you now. Uh, but this is what Jason Tatum said about himself. He said, when I step on the floor, I, I feel like I'm the best player. I feel like I'm the best player when I step on the floor. I miss somebody. Somebody watched a charade last week. I like that. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, listen, I thought he was out of his mind. What he say? He's the best player in the league. I don't think Tatum is a and Tatum's playing Tatum's playing very well. Some people think he's the MVP. I still don't think he's the best player in basketball. But Gary, uh, now that I brought that up, you got that list. You got that list from the Ringer because I want to get um, I want to get Vinny. Oh, we, we don't have it yet. We don't have it yet. I thought we had because um, I want to get your take on it. They don't have uh, Tatum as the best player in basketball. 
They don't have LeBron and they don't have Anthony Davis. And they don't have Steph. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't wait to talk to Natalie about this. Uh, she is fuming Friday. right now. There is steam I, they, coming out of that woman's ears as we speak. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about this. But before we get to that list, I just want to ask you because we, we, we'll get it. You just said something. I can't let that slide by. You said the Celtics are not going to get to the finals. Who do you like and why not? I mean, I guess that's the same thing. Who do you like and why won't the Celtics get there? It's not an indictment of the Celtics. Let me let me okay. be let me be perfectly clear. It's not an indictment of the Celtics. I think they are going to maximize every ounce of energy they can out, out of like the heartbreak of losing in the finals. Right? This is what you're seeing in them. You're seeing a team that once they figure things out last January, right? Once they start to figure it out, they found an identity. They figured out how to play behind Tatum and Brown. And then you add Malcolm Brogdon, who's supposed to basically settle things down, you know, when things get chaotic late. What happened last night was they didn't even get to him. They didn't even go to him. It was Tatum and Brown stopped not throwing the ball over all over the floor, getting good shots without a timeout. I thought that was masterful. I thought that was maturation. I thought that was that was maximum maturity to me, right? The problem is in a series where everything is tied, tied goes to the team with the best player. The mm. best player is that man in Milwaukee, and he's a problem. Okay. Best player. And all right, I, I can and look, and if he's not the best player, uh, he's he's not outside of anybody's top three. Nor he shouldn't be. Outside of if I voted for him for MVP last year and don't regret it. Yep, you can't go lower than third with Giannis. But is that an, is that enough though? Is that enough? If you've got the best player, it, it is is it's the Boston Milwaukee are they that equivalent? Where you say, all right, well, I can't go wrong. Boston, Milwaukee, I might as well just say, go to the best player. Is it that close between these two teams? Well, consider this. Consider that Boston has injury issues with their best two interior defenders. With Robert, Robert Williams III and Al Horford. One guy has a bad, I not say bad body, but one guy's a bit of an injury concern. Another guy's old, Yeah. right? Yeah. Al Horford is old. That's a concern for me. Joe Mazzulla coaching in the playoff series, high stakes. That's a concern, as is Mike Boonholder. Hey, great point. As is Listen. Mike Boonholder. No, but no, Missoula, Missoula, it, it really is. It's a great point um, that is not mentioned often enough. And you know, I, I understand why. I understand why it's not mentioned in the regular season. It's the regular season. But once you start to advance, would you? If we, we got a nitpick. This is like when we talk about best player, best team. At some point, you got to start nitpicking to, to, to create some separation because they're great. You're talking about greatness. So when you talk about greatness, you really got to get, you got to get beyond that, you know, those top two or three layers and really get into the nitty gritty of it. And I think that's a major concern of all the teams. Generally, when teams are trying in basketball, when they're trying to get to the next level, they usually don't change coaches. Football, they will. 
Hey, we went as far as we can go. We need a new coach to push us right. over the edge. They don't say that in basketball. Like, you know, when when uh, when Michael Jordan's uh, Bulls were losing to your Pistons and couldn't get over the hump, actually did change coaches. <laughs> and they changed coaches. And get and guess what else happened? Bill Jack Bill Jackson wound up on that Summer Jam screen too. Right. Bill Jackson got popped too. Yeah, I know. Just, just, I know. Just, but they just did. In, just in case you forgot. Just in case you forgot. But. But yeah, they had they had Doug, they had Doug Collins, and they went to Phil. But Phil was a coach for the Scottie Pippen migraine game. Is, am, am I mistaken? Wasn't uh, wasn't Phil Jackson Phil was coaching them then? Phil was the coach for the Scottie Pippen my, a game a game that is so near and dear to my heart. Forty one minutes, one of ten shooting, dominated by Dennis Ooh. Rodman and Mark Aguirre. It was a it was a masterpiece. It was masterful. Um, my bad. Go ahead. So Go ahead. Scott, I digress. And, and yeah, we digress. So so it was yeah. I know we do, but I just gotta say this. So when Scottie talks about hey. Hey, why why are people giving Jordan all this love? And why not me? You can't have two games where we just say a couple of words and a couple of numbers and people know what we're talking about. When we say the migraine game, not making light of migraines, but when we say the migraine game, NBA fans know we're talking about you. When we say 1.8 seconds, NBA fans know we're talking about you. So you can't have games like that. They'd be like, Hey, I'm like Jordan. No, 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 you're not. And it's okay. All we got to do is say two words. All we got to say two words for Scottie Pippen. You know what those two words are? What? Sitting bull. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's it. That's Sitting it. Sitting bull. Um, but, but I'm telling you, we're going to get to this list of top players. We want to get your opinion on it. And also, NBA players usually win championships. We don't give that credit to those coaches. So your Joe Mazzula point is an excellent one. It's an excellent one. When it gets down to a finals, conference finals, or an NBA finals, can Joe, can cool Joe remain cool when he's going up against a Steve Kerr or, or a Ty Lue or Mike Budenholzer, even Mike Budenholzer. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, Vinny, we got it. Here we are. Here's the list. Uh, Ringer, my boy Kevin O'Connor, uh, came out with the top 100 NBA players. Well, let's just let's just rest in his top 10 right here. And look at eight and nine. Uh, let's work our way up. We'll, we'll get to one. One stand, is, stand, is staring at you if you're watching on Peacock TV. If you're listening on Sirius XM Channel 85, we'll give you 10 to 1. Uh, John Moran at 10 and then eight and nine. He's got Davis and James Davis first at eight and LeBron at nine Embiid at seven Tatum at six Now Kevin Durant at at five Behind Luca Don't want to put Kevin Durant Durant behind Luca. I don't anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get there. We'll get there Uh, 
The Joker is at three. So the Joker, Philly fans, I, I hear you, Philly stand up. Uh, the Brinker has Jokic four slots ahead of MB. I just want y'all to wrestle with that for a little bit in Philly. And number two, Steph Curry. And number one, you just said it, is Giannis. And I, I, I go back and forth on this, uh, Benny. After last year's NBA Finals, after seeing Steph Curry do his thing, carry his team to a title, I said, that's enough. That's enough. I've seen enough. I'm going to give it to Steph. So Steph still, even with the Warriors, life and death with 500, even with the Warriors, uh, go on the road and act a fool. Act like they don't even know how to play basketball when they're on the road. They're a mess on the road. Even with all that, Steph Curry is my number one player in the NBA. What, what do you think of this list? Uh, any issues with it? John Moran is a little low. LeBron and AD might be a little high. Kevin Durant is most certainly too low. Like, this is no disrespect to the Joker. None at all. And I know Kevin Durant is not the same guy that's going to do it every single night and do it defensively that maybe he was, you know, pre-MCL and certainly pre-Achilles injury. But to me, one, two, and three are all interchangeable. It is Giannis, it is Steph, it is Kevin Durant, and everybody else sort of falls in line behind that. But I would definitely put Ja Morant ahead of AD and LeBron simply because I can count on him to play to close out games. Simply because I can count on him to be a better version of himself later in games as far as being impactful, especially at his height. Well, it's it's almost like uh, we're talking about your favorite sport, wink, wink, soccer. And we have groups. So it's really, uh, you know, group D right there is appropriate. Seven through ten, you got Embiid, Davis, James, Morant, and all of them are in the same group. And I don't think, and I know Kevin O'Connor didn't do this on purpose, but all of them, you can make an argument about injuries, injury concerns, which affects the rating. So yeah, you can count on John Morant. He's he's younger. He's a closer. He's more capable of carrying a team uh, at this at this stage of his career than LeBron is at his, but. Out of all those guys, seven through ten, who you like? Who you really, who you really riding with for seventy games? I ain't saying eighty. I ain't saying seventy-five. Who can you say? I know that guy's gonna give me seventy if he wants to. Load management aside, I mean none that's a them. that's a major. Yeah, <laughs> right. You say none. So I, I think that's a uh, that's a major concern. So let, let me uh, let me quit that list for a second and talk about quitting. <laughs> Because you mentioned, you mentioned the Detroit Lions and how you are not wearing Detroit Lions blue. No, uh, I'm not. You're wearing, you're wearing Penny Hardaway blue. Uh, quitting is a story for you personally, and it's a story uh, in the league, uh, in the NFL right now. Because Vinny, the story that just blows my mind is happening in Atlanta, where head coach Arthur Smith of those five and eight. Atlanta Falcons, you're still in the divisional race. You're five and eight. You're only one game out of first place. You're five and eight. Uh, the, the, the five and eight Falcons made a quarterback switch. Marcus Mariota, you're out. And they bring in Desmond Ritter, rookie, 
third round pick. Okay, fine. I, I thought nothing of it. Okay, all right, the five and eight, they're going to switch it up. Marcus Mariota said, oh, for real? Demotion? Well, I quit. I'll see y'all later. And he left. Okay. Like, he's done for the year. He's done. You can't fire me because I quit. I quit. I quit. Uh, you know what? I don't like y'all anyway. Hey, okay, I don't like the job. Y'all ain't no good. Okay, you're going to say we were no good with me? You're certainly no good without me. I'm out of here. And I think we were talking during the break, and, and our producer, Gary Carter, says, hey, maybe that's the last we see of Mariota. Well, I can understand. I can understand why he quit. Now, I've never quit a job. I've never quit mm. a job. You've never quit oh, a I, job? I, I, true. Quit. Quitting. Under contract quit? No. I've let the contract expire and be like, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. Uh, then you work at a newspaper? Hey, they have no contracts. They have contracts. So, uh, like, so how did you leave? How did you leave? Uh, I mean, yeah, it was just like, oh, I guess I have. I guess I have. I guess I have quit a job. Is that quitting? We're like, That's hey, I love you. It's resigning. In it. Resigning. I, I've never... I've never quit. Let me let me rephrase that, Vinny. I've never quit in a way of it's never been hostile, contentious. I never just walked out and like, you know what? This is done. We're done. You're done with me. I'm done with you. Hey, hey, keep my name out your mouth. No, 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 no. None of that has ever happened. Now I was asked to leave once. <laughs> I was asked to leave, but it wasn't personal. The show, the whole show was asked to leave. That was okay, back in the day. Okay. Uh, okay. uh, back way back on, 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 you know, but that's, that's a different story for a different day. But Marcus Mariota, I can understand why he would walk out because he had a two year contract for small money with the Falcons. I'm guessing Vinny, they may have told him you're our bridge guy. We can't commit to you for five years. We're not going to give you a big time contract, but for these two years, well, hey, I know you have chances to go other places, but we need you to be our bridge guy. And he's doing the best he can as a bridge and they blew up the bridge. So he may feel, I'm just guessing, he may feel betrayed that they went back on their word because he could have gone anywhere else to be a backup. I mean, it was a backup with the Raiders. He can go somewhere and be a backup. Why would you go to the Falcons to be a backup? They're a rebuilding team. I, hell, let me go to Kansas City and be a backup. I'll back up Patrick Mahomes. Get a ring. Have fun. Witness greatness. Now you ask me to be a backup to a Desmond Ritter in Atlanta on a 5-18? and 18? Screw you guys. I'm out. So, I've never quit a job. You've quit a team, though. Tell me what it's like to quit, Vinny. <laughs> Tell me what it's like to quit a team. <laughs> It feels good, actually. It feels it feels freeing, mind you. Like, don't get me wrong. I was angry and upset, right? Let me let me let me let me let me set the stage for y'all. July 27th, nineteen ninety nine. I was a, a a young and tender teenager, you know, going into my sophomore year of high school. About to go into my sophomore year of high school, right? The no, only too, thing that I had same same yeah, same yeah right yeah right right. The only thing I was looking forward to as a Lions fan 
was Barry Sanders breaking the all-time rushing record. That was our Super Bowl. We knew we weren't going to a Super Bowl. The best quarterback that the Lions had the previous year, his name was Scott Mitchell. He got benched after the second game for a rookie Ooh. named Charlie Batch. Ooh. So we we were literally saying, you know what? We are going to watch this season to watch Barry and his climb. He was 1,500 yards away. Something he got in his sleep his last five years. We're going to watch Barry Sanders get the rushing record. That's the only thing we're going to get. So when Barry faxed his retirement in from the Wichita Eagle and boarded that plane for London, after a few days of going through the stages of grief of, you know, negotiating of, and denial and everything else. And I, you know, you, you resigned to the fact that Barry wasn't coming back. I looked around and I'm like, for who, for what? And I left, I left my dad to be a Lions fan, left my younger brother to be a Lions fan. They've had all this misery since then. I, I, I left that toxic relationship. Not to say I yeah, haven't been in a toxic yeah. relationship since, but I left that particular toxic relationship and have not regretted it, not one damn day. Not one. But you know what? Some people change. No, they That's don't. why some people get remarried. Some people get remarried. Remember that? You ever hear these couples? You don't change. They were married. They were married. They got divorced. Then they meet up like 5, 10, 15 years later, twinkle in his eye, twinkle in her eye. Hey, or, or hey, include twinkling his eye, twinkling his eye, <laughs> twinkling her eye, twinkling her eye. Okay, it's fine. Okay, and they reconnect, and it's fine after fifth. You need to go through something. You need to separate to really appreciate what they had. You need to go back. You need to go back to the Detroit Lions because the Lions are different now. They're they're different than no, they, they were not. in 1999. They're different. All it take, all it took for you was five weeks to, to say that they differ for fifty damn years. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You raise a good point. That's a good point. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Vinny, for our next conversation, here's my thought on the NBA awards, how they renamed them. Why not be a little bit more imaginative? Like, Wilt Chamberlain is great. We need another award for Wilt Chamberlain. Why not a rookie of the year that people don't know? And so give some love to characters in NBA history who haven't gotten a lot of attention. Right? Like who? You could do that. Like who? I, oh, okay, we need another Wilt Ch- Oh, we need another Wilt Chamberlain. We need another John Havlicek award. Come on. They don't have one at all. Bob McAdoo, Nate Archibald. Come on. There's a lot of guys out there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.